Welcome to the Mind and Body Strong podcast, a place for women to redefine their relationship with food and their body, tune into their inner wisdom, and become the best version of themselves. My name is Katie Pijanowski, and I'm an anti-diet and body image coach, certified personal trainer, and lover of all things travel, brunch, and personal growth. Join us each week as we share insightful conversations with guest experts, along with my own personal stories and teachings that aim to help you reconnect your mind, body, and spirit while releasing old beliefs, dogma, and expectations that no longer serve you. Each episode is packed with nuggets of wisdom that are sure to leave you feeling inspired, challenged, and empowered to take action in your own life. Shy away from tough topics? No way. In this space, we welcome things including mental health, sex, diversity, eating disorders, weight stigma, and all that comes with having a human experience. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me, so grab a notebook, pen, and some headphones, and let's dive in. Hello, my friends. Today, we are talking about money. Yes, money. I feel like money can still be a very taboo topic for many of us to dive into, which is exactly why I wanted to bring Nadine Zumont onto the podcast. She is one of my favorite new money coaches to follow on Instagram at Save a Million Cents, which you can follow her on Instagram. I will also have all her information in the description of this podcast, so you can check her out. But this conversation is by far probably one of my favorites. The way that she is able to describe how we approach our finances and why so many people might find themselves struggling with this is just mind-blowing. I think I took like three pages of notes as I was interviewing her. Like I was just completely captivated with how she was speaking about money. And what we go into today, a couple of things just to give you an idea of what we talk about. Let me read her bio first and then we will do that. So Nadine Zumont is a fun-loving adventure-seeking money coach. She teaches you how to create a plan for your money that is holistic, creative, and empowered so you can go for your dreams. Her specialty is helping you release financial anxiety and breaking unproductive money blocks so you can live a life of freedom and adventure all on your own terms. I love every single piece of that. So one of the things we first started talking about in this episode is about how budgets suck. (laughs) She actually calls budgets kind of more of a band-aid and she speaks on why she feels this way. She uses that language of budgets because so many of us are very used to using that language, but she actually uses more of a value-based spending and teaches her clients in a very different way about going about money, which I think is so incredible. So you're definitely going to want to listen into that. But one of the biggest pieces of our conversation today is talking about the different archetypes of money and how we approach it. So archetypes are really just an easy way to categorize a common experience for us and to be able to understand it better. There's eight different money archetypes that she goes through, and we actually have all of these eight within all of us. And I took her little quiz on her website, which I highly recommend that you go do at Save a Million Cents. I believe it's .com. It'll it'll be listed in the the podcast description here for y'all to go see it. And I highly recommend you do that. But she actually dissects mine live on this podcast episode, which is so cool, and explains why some of these things might become more active versus more passive and how to 
bring about some of those ones that are going to be more helpful into the driver's seat, which is so exciting. I just love everything about this episode. I love Nadine's energy and you are going to absolutely love her too. So without further ado, let's hop into today's episode. All right. Welcome back to the Mind and Body Strong podcast. I am so pumped to have this guest with me here today. Her name is Nadine Azumup and um, welcome to the podcast, Nadine, first of all. Katie, thanks for having me. This is so much fun. Yay. I am super pumped because one of my, one of the things that I'm focusing on for myself in the new year is really getting my mindset and around finances, like really like understanding that and understanding my relationship with money. Um, and you talk about it so beautifully over on your Instagram and you have an amazing uh, website that I checked out. And one thing that I know we're going to dive into in this conversation today is how you beautifully outline like money archetypes, which I think is so fun, but Mm -hmm. I want to start with, I know you have a really awesome story that we were kind of talking about a little bit before um, about how you got started with your business, which is called Save a Million Cents. And I know there's a little bit of a a story behind that. So I'd love for you to kind of just start with who is Nadine? How did this Save a Million Cents come to be? How did you start becoming a money coach? And we'll just kind of go from there. Sounds good. All righty. So um again thank you for having me this is so so wonderful to be able to reach out to everyone and talk about this very important topic which is money money mindset finances and I really appreciate how you know that it goes way deeper than just a budget because from with my approach budgets are just a band-aid approach because we go way deep into money mindset and the why behind our financial decisions our financial habits that somehow keep keep coming up for us if we don't go to the root cause of the issues. So my business started in 2015, 16. So what had happened was I was living um, in Melbourne, Australia, and I went to New Orleans for a trip. Well, I went to the US for a trip and I just fell in love with New Orleans. Seemed to be a kick-ass life that I had built for myself suddenly stopped making sense to me. Everything felt like it needed a bit of a revamp. I just lost the taste for my the life that I created. And I knew then and there that I have outgrown it. I'm not sure what happened on that trip, but something within me, in my spirit, in my psyche, wanted a little bit more, wanted a little bit different. So I have always worked in finance in one capacity or another. And I ended up looking at my finances and doing a declutter. And I believe this is where we were talking on um, Instagram about that. So first of all, I decluttered my house. I was living in a one bedroom apartment. It was just me. I decluttered my clothes, my shoes and my things. And I started selling things. And it was really cool to kind of make money out of things that are just lying around the house that you don't really use. And, you know, that influx of income, I started putting that into my budget spreadsheet and I was like okay let's look at the other categories of my budget and let's apply this declutter onto my budget let's look at where where my money is going in a very objective way because we kind of well we don't kind of we tend to fall into this whole self-criticism downward spiral when we're looking at something and because of my own training in accounting I was like able to look at these numbers from an objective non-sentimental kind of way 
and kind of culled down what is no longer serving me. But I kind of felt like I needed some kind of a benchmark, like some kind of like a like a, um, I don't know how to explain it back then. I have a word for it now, but back then I was like, I kind of feel like I need like a, a guideline for myself. So I remember it was a Sunday and I was cooking for the week and I just sat down and I started journaling. And the thing that came up for me was that I needed to revamp my values. And then I needed my values to be reflected in my budget. So what I did was I revisited my values and um, I actually teach that the method that I used back in that day, I teach it in my one-on-one coaching program. It's not just like, hey, here's a list of values, choose your favorite words and let's go from there. It actually is a way to extrapolate your actual values, not the values that you wish you have. And then kind of like tweak them to a way that serves you at that moment, because I believe that our values change every six months. That's how it is with me. And that's how I see it with people. And then we kind of need to see how that these values and your goals are translated into that budget, because that budget kind of, you know, we tend to write budgets that are like, I need to save, I need to do this, need to, need to, need to, all from external factors. But what if we create a budget based on our internal needs as opposed to external needs? So um, I started doing that and my whole life changed because I believe that if you change the inside, the outside will change. So because I was changing the inside, my reality started changing. And I was determined to go back to New Orleans. There was something I had this gut feeling that I and I started saving me and no increase in income except for that small influx. However, um, I was able to save $26,000 in about like seven or eight months, which wow. is really cool. And towards wow. the last, yeah, the last, yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? And then towards the last $10,000 that I was saving, I was invited to start teaching workshops, teaching my method in workshops around Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, what do I call this workshop? And I was like, hmm. I am in the middle of saving $10,000. And I think that $10,000 is a really good start for a savings account. So I called it, uh, my mission then was called save a million cents because a million cents is $10,000. Love it. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I love that you use like your own journey to kind of bring that into like this really fun name, which is save a million cents. Thanks. Like, oh. <laughs> like it seems, I love that it's called save a million cents too, because when you, you vocalize it like that, it's almost like, okay, we can focus on the small things that add up over time and then create like this bigger goal that we want. Cause I know for myself and for many people, I'm sure they feel really overwhelmed when they're, they're looking at their financial situation. Um, and maybe they have been using more of those like external needs or just kind of, um, just, what is the word? It's just like, you're just impulse buying, like, right. You're just impulse buying, using, using money Mm -hmm. to like, you know, cope with life. Right. And so when we actually use this more objective way to like, look at it and be like, okay, well, what are my values? Like, what do I actually want to use my money towards? It's going to amplify those things that I care Mm -hmm. about. I think I also love that you really, um, allow for you to like, have those values change every six months and check in Mm -hmm. with yourself and be like, Hey, I don't have to like 
be on this rigid structure, which I think when we hear the word budget, especially in the United States, it's like, oh man, like I have to restrict and stop going out to eat and stop doing this and stop doing this. And as an intuitive eating and body image coach, I started to realize when I went through that journey, it was like, oh, restriction isn't helpful in food or with body image or anything like it's not also helpful in money. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your approach around budget and then what you call value spending now. It's funny how every time you say the word budget, even when I say the word budget, my skin crawls. Yeah. (laughs) I love hearing that coming from a money coach too. I just have to like highlight that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we connected over your anti, you know, anti or anti or anti. What do you say in America? Anti. anti. anti? Yeah. <laughs> anti dieting um mindset and I'm like anti anti budgeting. Yeah. <laughs> because it's true. Look, when I hear the word budget, I honestly think about a budget motel off a highway that has really <laughs> stinky carpets. Yeah, Yeah. like probably bugs and it smells weird. (laughs) This smells like old cigarettes from the 80s, really crappy food, vending machines. That's how I imagine budgets to be. They are, the word budget feels restrictive. It does not feel expansive. It does not feel creative, but I need to speak in a language that others understand. So if I like say your money plan or your financial flow plan I'd be like you who so yeah. I need to use lingo that resonates with um the population out there that's why yeah. I use the word budget however when I start working with someone the first thing I do with them is that I get them to choose a more empowering name for their money plan mm-hmm. so that's a very fun thing that we do together but also it's just empowering for them. It's more like this, oh, shit, I have to, I have to stick with my budget versus I can't do this because I am respecting my financial freedom plan. Yeah. How different is, are these two energies? Mm-hmm. It's more Very coming different. from that like internal place of like, I'm making this empowered decision for mm-hmm. myself and for my future self versus mm-hmm. like, oh, well, this, this budget spreadsheet says I can't go out to eat so I guess I just won't <laughs> and just yeah, kind of so make it up I guess as you go exactly so the whole idea behind my business is not about restriction I don't bully people to stop spending as I imagine you don't bully people to <laughs> drop down and give me 10 squats and no. like throw that burger away and swat it off your hand kind of thing (laughs) (laughs) no so my whole like brand is about freedom it's not about restriction my brand is about doing whatever the heck you want setting your own rules and boundaries in life in a way that's aligned with yourself Mm -hmm. and about using money as a tool to attain that freedom as opposed to using money as a um an obstacle or something that we're scared of or something that controls us Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love so that. Banishing, f- banishing financial anxiety is one of the like the most important things that I feel like we need to talk about th- at this day and age. Oh yeah, and I I can speak for myself when I say like that when I think about like finances, I just feel so overwhelmed, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. man, I really want money to work for me and to, like mm-hmm. need to like also have that better relationship with it. And sometimes it just is like, man, where do I freaking start? Like, how do I shift this? this narrative that I have going mm-hmm. on. Um, so I love that you had kind of talked about like switching to like money as a tool that can help us 
um, versus like, you know, I don't know. I think for me, it's always like, and, and it's truly when you look at it as a relationship, it becomes so clear. It's like, when I look, think of money, it's like my main narratives are you're never there for me. And like, um, I can't count on you. Right. And, mm-hmm. and knowing those things and like trying to dissect them of like, where did they, where they started can be so helpful. And that's what I love about how you run your coaching is that you understand mm-hmm. that money is not just this, this object that we have. And, um, it's, it's not so much about like willpower and stuff. It's like, there's some deep stuff going on with how we approach money and our finances. And when mm-hmm. we can heal that, it becomes so much more effortless and more aligned with who we are as a unique human. Yeah. Um, our financial habits and patterns and the very reason why we overspend, the very reason why we cannot follow a budget, the very reason why we would download a budget in the first place, all stems from our childhood. Mm-hmm. It is all there in our makeup and the way we were built and the way that we looked at life between the ages of two and 12. Mm-hmm. So no matter how many budgets we can download, no matter how many things like people ask me, why don't you have a budgeting template on your website? No, <laughs> we don't do that there. <laughs> That's not what I do. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I will give you a budget, but I don't give you a template and tell you this is the right way to do it. You will create your own budget with me, but it's not because you have to. Some, some of my clients don't even have a budget. Mm-hmm. And it's just the way it is, right? It's just the way that functions for them. But it all all goes back to your money wounds. So when you when we look at a person's money story, so when for you, when you were saying you would like to know where to begin with all of this, um, you kind of, what I'm hearing from you is that you kind of go and work it from the outside in as opposed to from the inside out. And that's not because, you know, there's something wrong with you. We all do that. Oh, yeah. Everything, like everything we do, whatever, if, if it's a relationship, it's even our relationship with food. We start with outside in because right. that's how we're taught instead of inside out, right. because also inside can can be dark. Inside can be lonely. Inside can be uncomfortable. It's much easier and it's much um, more fun to look at the outside because yeah. the inside is full of our shadows. Mm-hmm. It's also full of our light, but the way that we're brought up, we are brought up to focus on the negative that is within ourselves and the positive within the others that are around us. Mm-hmm. Whereas it has to be a very different formula altogether. Yeah. I'm very down with this like inside out formula. And mm-hmm. it's something yeah. that like I've used in my own healing with body image and food and something I'm learning how to use more with, with money. And I know that so many out, so many people out there and my listeners, um, are probably feeling some of that stress and like, man, I just feel daily anxiety about money. I'm stressed. I don't know what to do. This financial person is telling me this, this person's telling me that. And again, kind of looking at that more outside in view, mm-hmm. um, versus something like this, that's going to actually transform completely how you view and relate to money. And yeah, set you up with a plan that's actually sustainable for you, right? Because you, your plan is going to be completely different from my plan. It might not work for me and that's okay. That doesn't mean either of us are doing it wrong, right? Mm -hmm. So when we look at the outside, I have to point out that when we look at like, listen to podcasts, read books, all of these things, there's nothing wrong with them. They are stating factual 
information about financial services and structures that are out there that also um, need to speak into the way that you money because you need to understand what an interest rate is you need to understand what it entails to buy a house what it means to get a car on you know on getting a car note versus getting like paying outright for it you need to understand all of these structures as they say the the, the 3d things that we kind of need to deal with on a day-to-day basis these are very important mm-hmm. however these are not the things that are going to make you wealthy mm-hmm. they can but wealth first begins from the inside when we first get aligned from the inside when we forgive ourselves when we f- understand our past get over our past in a way that is holistic and not just like repeating affirmations while we jump up and down a trampoline and just like change (laughs) that thought kind of thing that's bullshit that's not the way to do it because the way I look at things is that money has two sides Mm -hmm. there's a a practical side right like banks (laughs) interest rate whatever we were talking about earlier and then there's the spiritual side of how money is actually a a component in your psyche how money is used to elevate yourself Mm -hmm. and elevate others around you Mm -hmm. yeah I love that it's part you bring in that that practical like we Mm -hmm. need to know the structure of how money works in this world but Mm -hmm. also understand like spiritually what's going on at a more inside level about how you're you're approaching your your relationship to money Yeah. So on the spiritual side, I like to use money as a tool to help people look inside. So the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. I can probably tell you how you money if you tell me how you eat, you know, like it's just, it's just the way we are. Mm -hmm. However, I use how people money to help them gain insight on how they actually feel about themselves, how they feel about their relationships and that is the spiritual side of money that I actually love to dive into in one of the phases of my program. It's just so much fun. Okay. Um, money can be used as growth, wealth growth, your typical traditional, I'm growing in my wealth, but also money can be used to grow yourself spiritually. Yes. Yes. And I totally agree. Like how we do one thing is how we do everything. And so that's something I had recognized when I was experiencing a lot of like binge eating with food, it was like, oh, I also um, do this like over, I, I see it in money as overspending or like, because I was overeating and I was over consuming social media. And I was like, oh, this is a pattern that plays out in a lot of areas of my life. Interesting. Right. Yes. And, and being able to offer ourselves that space to be more curious about what, what's really going on here, instead of layering it with like more judgment allows us to really dive in and be like, oh, okay, so this is what's going on. Let's, let's actually give this room to like, you know, be experienced. And so we can kind of take those next steps forward. So I love that. I love the spiritual side of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Awesome. So I think this is going to be a great kind of segue into what I'm really excited to talk about, which is money archetypes, because I think yes. this is going to be really helpful for those of you out there listening. It, and for those of you who might not know archetypes, it, how I view it is just like an easy way to categorize a common experience and just understand it better. And you, yeah. you'll probably see yourself in many of these archetypes that come up. And if you're curious about, you know, where you fit into these, after we chat about them, you can actually go to Nadine's website, Save a Million Cents, and take her little quiz like I did right before we <laughs> hopped on here. 
which is super fun. So there's what, like eight different archetypes? Is that yes. eight? Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So I would love to kind of go through and we can definitely use my results um, as we talk about this too. I'm totally fine with no that. Worries. Perfect. Okay. So first and foremost, um, these money archetypes were created by my money coach and mentor, Deborah Price from the Money Coaching Institute. She talks about them in her book, Money Magic. It's a really, really good book. It's a really cool way to start on um, the spiritual journey of money. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I read this book and I just fell in love with it. And I realized that she teaches that. And I was only a financial coach before that and I did her certification got coached by her and now I'm a financial and money coach the way I look at finances versus money is that finances is like you know like we were saying budgets interest rates all of that like really solid stuff but then money I look at it from an energetic point of view and that's Mm -hmm. why I go with money coach versus financial coach even though I'm certified in both and maybe some people don't even care about the difference but just you know just a little bit of a thing to say that that's the 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 source of these money archetypes so Deborah Price actually certified me in using them And um, as you said, there are eight money archetypes. We've got the innocent, the victim. We've got the martyr, the warrior, the fool, the creator artist, the tyrant, and the magician. Mm -hmm. So all of these eight money archetypes exist within all of us. Mm -hmm. Even if you get 0% in the money quiz, you still have that archetype. It's just dormant. It's just, it's not active at the time. So when I started on my own journey, I had a very high tyrant and I will get into what each archetype means in a bit. I'm just letting you know that I had a very high tyrant and throughout my work, because I self-coached and also my work through Deborah and all of this, I was able to work on my tyrant and make it, you know, a little bit tamer. However, there are certain situations in my life where my tyrant just runs free. For example, if I'm charged extra. I just like get mad and I'm like, who the hell are you to charge me extra? And the tyrant shows her head. And it's a nice thing because sometimes even these unproductive money archetypes, when you understand them and understand why they're there, you kind of will work with them when they they raise their head as opposed to against them and try to suppress them. so in general what we want we want the magician and the um, warrior to be really in the front seat of the car and everything else needs to be in the boot of the car or how do you call it in america Mm -hmm. um yeah uh, the boot the uh in the in i don't know in the back seat or something (laughs) no not the back seat where you put your groceries and your shopping oh in the trunk in the back trunk that's the word (laughs) I love that there's all these different little phrases that, you know, it's like even in the United States, it you know, use different words. So yes, in the trunk. So, right. <laughs> like, so you're driving, right? So we were all, yes, let's imagine we're all driving. But first of all, let's, let's just bring it, begin this way. We are all born in the innocent archetype because we're babies, right? We're children. We are born in the innocent archetype. We rely on our parents or our guardians for security, for sustenance, for food, for even even for money later on when we're teenagers or before that. And 
during the ages, especially at age seven, but like I was saying earlier, between two and 12, we start learning from our parents, whether it's through direct learning or through, let's say, osmosis, you know, you look around you and you absorb things, you start creating your relationship with money then. A lot of people think that their relationship with money started with their first job. That is not correct. Your relationship with money started at the age of two or three from what you absorb from your surroundings. So at that stage, depending on what you were learning from your surroundings, you can become a victim or you can become a warrior. Mm-hmm. And that is not a conscious choice. Whether you are a victim or a warrior is not good or bad. It's just what you did back then or what you felt you needed to do back then to stay safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you you know grow up and you develop that strong warrior in you, you, it means that you have decided to become financially savvy. Perhaps you decided to go and get yourself a job. Perhaps you taught yourself how to create a budget. You taught yourself how to read. Um, you taught yourself how to read, sorry. You taught yourself how to like sit down and read these financial books. And you know you got interested in that. Maybe you just had a knack for it. Maybe your parents were in finance. I don't know. But you just decide that you're going to be better than your parents, let's say, and you want to be good at money. And that's where the the warrior develops. And then the victim perhaps develops because it's just easier for you not to be seen. It's easier or it's more safe for you to remain um, as a victim, as somebody that blames the outside circumstances for their own life, you know? So it's just easier to do that for some reason. So that's when you know, when you're prone to blaming others, when you're highly emotional, when it comes to money, you can, you tend to be financially irresponsible, you feel powerless, you seek rescue. And that are, these are the um, characteristics of the victim archetype. However, there are, so each archetype has a light and a dark you know, like everything else in the world is light and dark. Mm-hmm. So when the warrior becomes too warriory, so the warrior is tends to be powerful, they're very well driven, and they're loyal, they know when to compete, they know when to collaborate, they're generous, they love um, rescuing people, helping people out because they can. However, they can fall into the martyr archetype. And the martyr archetype is when we put others in front of us that is when we start feeling disappointed because others are not doing the same when we um, are self-sacrificing we become passive aggressive we're we're compassionate but too compassionate we're generous but too generous to a point where people are getting a little bit uncomfortable and they're like what are you overcompensating for kind of thing you know that energy i'm talking about so that is when you're in your mata And then the other side of the warrior is the tyrant. So the tyrant is very, very controlling and controlled by money. 
they derive their success from their financial gains, from their status at work. They de derive their sense of um, you know, accomplishment. They feel like they're superior. They're very rigid. They are judgmental towards themselves and others. They're quite secretive when it comes to money and also very manipulative. So it's all about money for them. If their partner goes to the supermarket and comes back, they like, why did you spend five extra dollars on blah, blah, blah? Like, it's just very, very controlling, but also towards themselves. Like they would feel like they're doing the wrong thing if they buy something that is a want and not a need, for example. They would put themselves on very strict budgets. And when we restrict ourselves, let's, let's bring it back to food, Katie. When we restrict ourselves, Let's say I love burgers and I, my dietitian, my health coach tells me no more burgers. What is it that I want the most? Burgers. Exactly. So when we're in our tyrant, when we're restrictive, when we're like, we're going to be good, I'm going to start the year nice and strong and follow this budget, blah, blah, blah. In your high tyrant, what happens? You go into your full archetype. Mm. Yeah. So that is your typical, what I call yo-yo budgeting cycle. You go into your full archetype and Again, the, these archetypes are in all of us. The full archetype, restless, undisciplined, irresponsible, very optimistic in like a very like, oh my God, it'll get sorted kind of way. Happy go lucky, yeah. you know? <laughs> They're overly generous. They uh, live for today. Like the way I look at a fool, like if I were to imagine a fool, it's like somebody that had a few drinks at the pub and just wants to buy drinks for the whole pub. Mm. you know that's in your, in, in your high school are on me guys i got this <laughs> yeah but like remove the alcohol and that's how the right. full archetype is in life like they're just reckless you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but the light side of the full archetype is the magician archetype so the magician archetype is our connection to our soul it's that connection that um we have with that inner knowing it's the part of us that never lived and never died. Like it's just there, you know, it's part of the universe. It's part of creation. It is very collaborative. It is trusting, but in a very balanced way, it knows what its purpose is. It's spiritual, it's generous, it's loving, it's accepting. It's very powerful though. It's not just like rainbows and butterflies and kumbaya. It's very, very powerful and it's open to flow. Mm. So they're very financially balanced, the magician, and they are well balanced with a warrior because the magician is out of like, it's out of this like 3D world, but the warrior needs to be there to kind of be that vessel that, you know, like a physical container of, because we live in the 3D world, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, I believe we left out the creator artist. Yes. So, Typical situation in all of us, especially if we work for ourselves, we feel love-hate relationship towards money. We love it. We hate it. We don't know how much to charge. We know how much to charge, but we're too awkward to ask for it. If you're in, an, in employment, if you are employed, mm -hmm. you feel like you're under-earning all the time and you feel like you are not um, you don't have the courage to go and ask for a raise, for example. Um, you have this feeling of detachment when it comes to the 3D world, when it comes to the material world. You are more comfortable being within yourself. You're more comfortable being just kind of inside yourself and not 
um, in touch with the material world. You're very internally motivated. You are spiritual. You are connected with your why, with your life purpose, but you have lost lost touch with the um, like with the real world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Have I covered them all? I think you've covered them all. I'm looking at my little results over here. I've got the innocent victim, mm-hmm. warrior, the, and the martyr, the fool, creator slash artist, tyrant, magician. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just, I love, like, I'm like writing all these notes down here because I'm like, oh my gosh, I see this in myself. Oh my gosh, this is what I felt from my parents. Um, and it's so interesting, <laughs> like looking at my results and I'll be very transparent with my audience. I took this quiz and it shows you percentages of where you kind of fall with all these archetypes. And like maybe instead, all of these archetypes exist within all of us. Some of them are just more active than others. And my active ones are innocent and victim. And mm-hmm. when you were explaining the tyrant, I was actually thinking, cause you were saying about like rigid, judgmental, secretive, controlling. They're the person who's like, oh my God, why did you spend that extra $5? Or this is like a want versus a need. And I got that a lot from my dad. It was like, I expressed mm-hmm. that this is something that I want or need. And it was immediately shut down. Like, no, you don't need that. You don't need that. Um, and so I questioned myself on like, that was kind of what started me questioning myself of like, well, do I even want this? Is this something I need? And like feeling Mm -hmm. that guilt for wanting something. And it actually came up for me recently at the beginning of last year when I wanted to buy a new bed because my other mattress sucked. I mean, it was bad. (laughs) Just like you lay on it and you could like feel the um, really shitty like box spring thing I had underneath it. Like it was just sagging and it was terrible. It was awful. I couldn't sleep. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to, you know, buy a new bed. I'm telling my dad this. And he like, responded in such a non-empathetic way. It was just like, uh, you don't need that. You need to like address what emotions are going on. I'm like, yeah, I'm very aware that like emotions come up and your body hurts, but like my bed is shit and I need a new one. But like <laughs> I for you. I, did you I, buy I, a bed? I did. I put it off for like a month and then I finally like talked it out with someone. And I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm buying myself a bed. And it's like the best thing ever. I bought a new bed frame. It like looks like I'm an adult now and I sleep so much better. <laughs> I sleep so much better now. And I just thought it was so interesting as you were describing that. I'm like, oh, wow. That's probably definitely why I went into that more like victim. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, I don't have control over this anyways. So Mm -hmm. powerless. Yeah. Yeah. That powerlessness. Yes. So interesting. Mm -hmm. So looking at your results, I can, from your high innocent, I could tell that you have high anxiety around money. Oh yeah. You feel like money is a scary thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And as much as you trust yourself in your decisions in life, because you're a very confident person, you kind of tend to retreat into yourself when it comes to money. You're very indecisive. Mm -hmm. And that is a cause of frustration to you. Because like I said, you're a very confident woman, but then money comes, you know, the topic of money or deciding whether to buy something or not, you go back to like baby Katie, Mm -hmm. where you kind of need to permission you need uh, someone to tell you yes or no and that's very frustrating yes you seek (laughs) security from money yes and this is a very big misconception in the world seeking security from money is not is is not the way you don't seek security from money your security Mm -hmm. comes from other places um you you've got your 25 percent creator artist and also, you know, your warrior is at nine. So I would say you also feel like 
there are some beliefs around money that you don't want to believe. Like you want to change those beliefs, but without going into the root cause of them. Mm, yeah. yeah. Like I think one some... specifically that comes up is like, I need to work harder to make more money. Like that is like a huge one that comes yeah. up. And I'm like, how can I do that when I always feel pretty strapped? I'm like, I'm, I'm doing Mm -hmm. so much already. Like, how can I possibly put out, you know, four times more effort? Um, Yes. And it's like, I want to, I want to be wealthy. I want to have more money, but it's like, I think what's stopping me is this belief that like, I'm going to have to push, push, push and work really hard Mm -hmm. and get there. And I'm going to like burn out. So I just don't even like. I don't need, I guess I just don't even address it. I'm just like, well, oh, well. Yeah. And what is that telling the universe, Katie? <laughs> telling it exactly that, like I, that I'm not going to be able to get there, I guess. I don't know. Or that I have to work hard because I'm believing that. So then that's like my experience that I have to work hard. <laughs> Do you know what archetype that is? That one would be, let's see, work really hard. Mm, would that one be tyrant there's a bit of tyrant but there's also a martyr because you are putting that image of you being wealthy ahead of you in front of your well-being yeah so that's why I'm asking what are you telling the universe oh that's so interesting you say that because it's something that I've really been battling with. And since I've done a lot of like embodiment and like healing with my body image, that was so disconnected from my body for so Mm -hmm. long and being in my experience, like what I realized, what I used to do is when I'd feel uncomfortable with stuff, I would just busy myself with a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. And um, when I actually learned how to come back into my body and feel emotions, now I'm in this weird place of like, do I disconnect and just like, go do all the things and like basically sacrifice my well-being yeah. um, to get these things done or do I like sit in this uncomfortable experience and it's like this mm-hmm. really weird place that I'm at now and for all my listeners out there like this is the first time Nadine and I have actually had like a face-to-face conversation and she's explaining mm-hmm. like exactly what I am going through with money it's just it's so incredible um so yeah I that's so interesting that the martyrs mm-hmm. coming up in that way yeah that's um but that also that martyr slash tyrant yeah, and also that touch of indecisiveness that frustrates you, yep. that makes you go into your fool quite mm-hmm. often, doesn't it? Yeah. It, you re- go from disciplined to restless, frustrated, crazy, <laughs> wild. <laughs> Yeah, that seems like my pattern. It's like I do really well and I'm disciplined and then I'll like yep. save a bunch of money and then I start getting more reckless and then I'm pulling money from my my savings mm-hmm. because I don't have enough because I yep. spent it on some other shit I don't need. Mm-hmm. And it's like this constant cycle. And then it's just like, oh my goodness, here I am again. <laughs> yep. And I, my guess would be it came from a wound the wound the very wound that makes you feel powerless Mm -hmm. and when you actually described um which one was it it was um which one was it I wrote it down not the magician oh the victim one um easy Mm -hmm. for you not to be seen 
which is so interesting because that's actually kind of my like purpose is to become more seen, but that is my deepest core wound is that Mm -hmm. I am afraid of being seen. Yeah. And And also it's showing in your money now as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, when you said that, I like wrote that down and was like, circle, circle, (laughs) like, (gasps) like, oh man, we got some work to do here. (laughs) But let's just touch upon a very important topic, which is we are not here to point fingers at at our past, our parents, our guardians. This is not a finger pointing game. Yes, we are um, looking at the root cause of things, but it's not a blame game. Okay. So as being in that victim archetype, you are prone to blame. So therefore I need to just um, alert you to the fact that you might fall into that blaming, but when you do, don't fall into that downward spiral. Just pick like, just pick it, pick up when you're doing it and right. try to be more objective about it. Um, I know it's hard. I mean, we all, we all have these things. We all have these wounds. And if we have these wounds, if we are more in um, a shadow archetype than a light archetype, it's not because we're weak. It's not because we're broken. It's not because we're fucked. It's just, it's just what we had to do to cope in our childhood. It is a mechanism to protect us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love this. And it just, it really gives you a more objective view of where you're currently at. And Mm -hmm. now that like we have this information and I'm sure that this is something you do initially with like your one-on-one clients, right. Is like kind of figure out where they're at. So once we kind of have this roadmap, so to speak, what's kind of like the next step to kind of start to, I guess, heal some of these, these wounds that we have um, based on where we're kind of lying in those archetypes so um when once we look at these archetypes and once we look at how they manifest themselves in our real in our life in the 3d world Mm -hmm. um we start mapping their origin and Mm -hmm. we start mapping why they were actually created in the first place but that's something that we don't do straight straight away. I think the awareness piece is the most important thing. So like you were saying, you tend to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Therefore, you kind of like go and do stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like the action step for now, just for now, is to sit with these uncomfortable feelings, but also noticing where and what triggers them. What yeah. triggers you to feel powerless? What triggers you to go in on, on your overspending spree? What mm-hmm. triggers you to um, feel like you're indecisive? What do you, what does that mean about you? What does it, what do you make it mean about you when you feel indecisive? Mm-hmm. What makes you feel betrayed? Because there is a high element of betrayal that I can see in your in your results. Mm-hmm. And what creates that self-judgment? When do you tend to judge yourself? Mm-hmm. And how that self-judgment actually is the fuel to the fire of impulsivity when it comes to spending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is so good for, for all my listeners out there. I hope that you can use my experience in my share as a way to kind of look into your own experience. And I'm writing down all of these homework questions. Cause I'm like I'm all about <laughs> journaling and like doing all this stuff. So I am like, I'm love, I love this. I love getting to learn from people who are 
experts in their field. And like, that's something that I'm really gonna have to look into that power, powerlessness. When you say that word, it's been something that's resonated a, a lot mm-hmm. these last couple of months. And yeah. I didn't really describe it in that way, but it's exactly what I feel. And so being able to kind of take that and be like, okay, now I can name this. What's mm-hmm. really going on for me here? What, how am I identifying myself with this, you know, experience and making it kind of part of my identity and how can I actually start to separate it? So that's so incredible. <laughs> I, I'm learning. I would also like to, oh, lovely. <laughs> I would also like to add the um, kick-ass things that you have established for yourself because of that pattern. Yeah. You've become it. very resourceful. Yeah, this is facts. <laughs> you are a very resourceful woman and that shows in your results. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love that. Yep. I, so I think it's that's... not, it's not all negative. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I love that you brought up that reflection. That's something that I've learned over the last maybe month or so is like, okay, we might have these core wounds and patterns that come up, but they're mm-hmm. actually when we really look at it, it's like without those, we wouldn't have been able to like develop these other really positive things that are helping mm-hmm. us drive us forward um, into these these missions that we have and the passions that we have and being able to understand things at a level that we wouldn't have been able to if we didn't really go through those experiences. Exactly. I also have another journaling prompt for you. Yes, I love journaling Ready? prompts. Give them to me, all, <laughs> all of them. Okay, so <laughs> this is kind of convoluted, but just hear me out okay you know all of these unproductive habits and patterns we talked about yeah I want you to journal on what are the sneaky positives of these patterns mm-hmm. yeah what are the sneaky positives of these behaviors that I mm-hmm. assume and object like look at as negative but what's actually the positive intention behind it what's the positive intention? What were they trying to protect you from? But that's not something um, I would encourage you to look at just yet. It's a okay. little bit later on, but the sneaky positive also means what are, what is the instant gratification factor that you're getting out of this? Mm, okay. Okay. For example, um, let's say, go back to my example for when my tyrant was high, my husband comes home, he deviates from the shopping list and I'm like what the hell you're blah 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 blah. and I like (laughs) go into my tyrant and start yelling and I'm really upset what is the sneaky positive to me is that next time he goes to the supermarket he won't do it again yeah Mm -hmm. and if I were to go back into my you know why this is created it's because we were when we were growing up there was a lot of scarcity around money Mm -hmm. and every dollar every cent counted back then mm-hmm. so seeing that seeing how he deviated from the from the budget kind of like triggers things this is very 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 surface level like I don't want to go very deep into that um however like my sneaky positive is the squeakiest wheels get gets attention kind of thing you know yeah yeah so what are the sneaky positives there is some form of um like uh, I don't know satisfaction when we do something shitty, right? Yeah. Everything shitty we do has a, has a factor of satisfaction. Otherwise we won't do it. Exactly. Yeah. And taking that, that different lens and really allowing ourselves to look at that can be mm-hmm. 
so helpful. And like you had mentioned yeah. before, like awareness is really the first piece before we start digging deeper. So until we can mm-hmm. actually allow ourselves to see those things, like that's the first step is really just seeing yeah. them, not even really doing anything with it. It's just like, okay, this is here. Just seeing it. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. So amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I like took so many notes, so many notes. <laughs> I can see you scribbling. <laughs> I I'm like over here like, oh my gosh, I'm learning so much. And I hope that all of you listening are learning as much as I do. And this is definitely going to be one that you're going to want to come back to. Um, I feel like I could just continue to talk to you forever, but I feel like this was a fantastic fantastic episode that brought so much value. So I would love for you to share a little bit about your coaching. I think you call it shake your money maker. Is that oh what yeah. I yeah. call it shake your money maker and everybody's like your it. booty. No, <laughs> your money maker is not your booty. It's your brain. Cause we shake yeah. you to the core. <laughs> it, it is not for the faint of heart. It is for people who are ready to really shake it, to shake things up. It's for people that are not scared to look inside. It is, I do not offer band-aid approaches. We're going to go in, we're going to go deep. We are going to look at your finances, but mostly we're, we are going to look at your childhood, at why you do why you do. Um, we also are going to look at how you can use money for your own empowerment, how you can elevate your money, yourself using money, as opposed to like f- remaining small mm-hmm. because of money. Um, There is a big component of your purpose in life, what you do and how you want to serve others um, and how money can help you get you there. So it's a three-phase program. The first phase is called Audacious Awakening. The -hmm. second phase is called Pure Rebellion. And the third phase is called The Joyful Daredevil. So these are the, yeah, these are the three components of Shake Your Money Maker. It sounds so awesome. (laughs) It's such a fun program. Of course, there are growing pains. Of course, there are periods where, you know, it's just nice to have someone that holds the mirror up for you instead of doing it yourself because we know, I mean, we met through the person we met because we have the same coach, me and Katie. We can probably get to where our coach is taking us in like five years. But when you have somebody you trust, you feel safe with that holds, like I was saying, holds the mirror up for you to see your blind spots as opposed to like, "Eh, I'm bringing, I'm bringing these, uh, I like, um, metaphors from like the training world. Like, you know, you're training and you're like, your, your trainer is like, it's because your left bicep is not engaged properly as your right. There's a misalignment there. That's how I I imagine coaching to be like. (laughs) Yeah, you're trying to do something in one way and the coach comes and looks at it in a very objective, compassionate way and kind of tweaks it a little bit and changes the whole idea of it. So yeah, like doing these things with a professional, even me as a money coach, I only started, you know, elevating my money game when I had a money coach because she just was able to look at things in a way and make me feel safe because feeling safe is actually the core of all our wounds when it comes to money it's safety and security when we look at um, the Maslow um, hierarchy of needs and we look at the bottom tier Mm -hmm. and we look at like safety security food all of that these days 2022 2021 wherever we are like this day and age money is at that bottom tier because food, safety, security, shelter, all of that is 
bought these days with money. That's yeah. why as um, in Money Magic, Deborah Price says it perfectly, money has become a core survival issue. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like yeah. so many people can relate to that. Yeah. So that's why, you know, like looking at a looking at it from a safety perspective as well and feeling safe with someone, that makes a lot of a difference, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely attest to that. If you're listening and you're like, man, this is something that I really want to tackle, like having a coach and someone who really understands the inner workings mm-hmm. of like how money works, for example, it's so impactful. And I yeah. experienced that with my body image coach. It was like, I was doing the work on my own for a year and a half, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. in the six months I worked with her, I accelerated more than I ever thought that I would. And yeah. because of that exact thing, it's like, they yeah. provided that safety for you to really see things that you're sometimes we're just too close to our, our own problem. Of course. Yeah. We're not objective. You know, we're just right. so into ourselves and judging ourselves, especially if we have that tyrant. Right. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Um, so uh, listeners can also go on the website and do the money archetype quiz, but also there's an option where they can book a 45 minute strategy call. It's called a money archetype strategy call. So in that call, I will go in and explain what your results mean Mm -hmm. and give you a customized action plan according to these results. So that's a very valuable thing that you can do. It's a lot of fun as well, because we laugh a lot. It's not that it's funny, but you know, it's just a nice way to connect and kind of look at our, um, where it hurts in a compassionate way. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I definitely encourage all my listeners to go take the quiz and definitely book Welcome. a call with Nadine because she's amazing <laughs> and you. really dial this stuff in. Shake your money maker. I love the name of that. So cool. So thank you so much. Is there any like last little piece that you want to share with my audience? Um, maybe those out there who might, besides going to the, the website and doing the quiz and obviously scheduling a call with you, just any last little words of advice for them? Yeah. So If any of this or if all of this that we talked about today resonated with you, please remember that you are not broken. Mm -hmm. Please remember that we are all working to improve ourselves and to live a better life. So don't feel like you are wrong for feeling these things. Don't feel like if any of these unproductive or shadow archetypes resonated with you, it does not make you a bad person. It does not make you a hopeless case. It just look at it from an empowerment point of view. Look at it from like, now I know, I know that this is my pattern. I'm going to be aware of it. I'm going to see what triggers it as opposed to wallowing into a downward spiral. So that's all. I love it. Awesome. We will have all of Nadine's website and information in the description for the podcast. And thank you again for this wonderful content. Thank you, Katie. Thank you so much for having me and have a lovely day. Thank you so much for listening in to this week's episode of the Mind and Body Strong podcast. If you loved this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave a five-star rating and review or share a screenshot of the episode on your social media platforms. This helps even more women be able to find the podcast and move towards their own personal transformation. Or come on over to Instagram and send me a DM. Let me know what you thought of the episode or let me know about future topics you'd love to hear here on the podcast. Sending love to you no matter where you're at in the world, my friends. Until next week, take care.